0: In for Sean Hannity today, it's your boy Joe Pagliarulo. Joe Pags, thanks a lot for being here on your Thanksgiving Eve. Sean getting a well-deserved day off, and I I can't tell you how much I appreciate being in this chair, speaking into this microphone. Thank you, Sean, so much for your friendship over the years and for allowing me this privilege today. Linda, thank you so much as well. I appreciate having everybody here. Really, really glad to have you along for the ride. I thought it would be cool to hook up with Laura Trump. She, of course, the daughter-in-law of President Trump, the wife of Eric, the mom of two beautiful children, and uh, and a host of of, uh, her own podcast called The Right View. You also see her on Fox News as a contributor. Laura, I don't know how how your business card looks, but it's got to be awfully filled up. How's it going?
1: (laughs) Well, hello. Great to be with you, uh, Joe. It's going great. Um, I'm very busy. Um, I would be busy if it was just with the two kids, but then, yes, I have a lot of other things going on, but <laughs> that's the way we like to stay, and uh, we're very blessed to say that that we're very busy.
0: So, well, I pulled, you away, I pulled you away from cooking. You said that you guys are cooking. Your mom and you are yeah. cooking up for Thanksgiving, and I appreciate you taking a few minutes. Is it tr- the, the, the traditional meal that you guys have, a, a gigantic turkey? Everybody's around the <laughs> table. How, how does it look?
1: Absolutely. Traditional meal. Um, We will not be skipping the turkey this year, although thank you, Joe Biden, it's much more expensive to buy everything this year. um, I'm working on a blueberry Betty. It's a family recipe from my my mom's side of the family. A Pumpkin pie right now. We're going to have a turkey stuffing, sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole, (laughs) the, the whole thing. Um, and of course, the, uh, crescent rolls out of a can because we have to have those. So um, it's going to be great. And we're looking forward to being with family.
0: It sounds amazing. Uh, Laura, go, let's go back a year. Did you think that, well, I mean, it was right after the election. So we were still wondering what was going on with that. Let's go back a year and a few weeks. Did you ever think that, that you would not be the, the daughter-in-law of the president of the United States by a year later and, and that America would change as much as it has?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, there there's a lot that I didn't know would happen uh, in a year and you know a couple of weeks, as you say. Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I think we all uh, were we're very confident about the election. I think that um, we had an incredible turnout for my father-in-law. He got around 11 million more people to vote for him the second round than he did the first time around, and that is unprecedented. Right. Um, and you know, you look at as you just alluded to the way the country has changed and. So quickly, I mean, Joe Biden has not yet been in office for a full year, um, but we were frightened about this. We warned people about this. We talked about it on your, your radio show right. last year uh, quite a bit about the danger of putting someone like Joe Biden in office, the danger of allowing the Democrat Party to take full control of our country. And sadly, you see the result. You see how inflation is through the roof. You see that the first order of business for Joe Biden with canceling the Keystone XL pipeline, that how that has impacted life around the country and around the world. We're no longer a net energy exporter. We're no longer energy independent as a country. We all know how it feels when you go fill up your tank of gas nowadays. Um, and, and so many other things the embarrassments on the world stage that we've had by Joe Biden, the way that we have a fully open southern border, and we ha- are going to have millions of people flowing into America by the end of this year. Um, I never would have thought it would get this bad so quickly, but doesn't it frighten everybody to think about what could happen in another year, in another three years? Because that's how much longer Joe Biden technically has in office, three-plus years. Um, So it's been a big change. I think that I, alongside so many other Americans, are so sad to see what has happened to America But I do think that it's woken a lot of people up. You know, there are a lot of people that voted for Joe Biden as, quote, the great uniter, as he called himself. How did that work out? Do we think that that actually happened? Absolutely not. So people every day are saying, wait a minute, the Democrats say that they're for the little guy. They say that they're for everyday Americans. And it turns out they're not. They're out for themselves. They don't actually care about you. They're out to socialize this country. And it's really scary to see. So. Look, I'm looking forward to about a year from now, the uh, midterm elections, and I'm certainly looking forward to 2024 where we can rectify all
0: of this it's laura trump make sure you go to uh the rightviewcom that's her her tv show it's actually a podcast which is amazing i love the long-form interviews that you do on there also a fox news contributor and, and also cook today she's making the thanksgiving meal with her mom uh, so so um in breaking down the differences i mean they're stark already politically we get it uh president trump is america first joe biden is an open borders sort of globalist guy he also sold himself as a moderate for forty and fifty years in Washington D.C., which, of course, was a lie. He's a big fat racist. We can go down the list of of dozens of racist things that he's done over the year, uh, over the years. We've got actual video of him being inappropriate with little girls and and women and everything else. Um, you know, as people are being sworn in, he's smelling people's hair and rubbing their noses. It's all very odd. He's just a weird guy. But when it comes to policy. You're seeing an administration, I wonder if you agree with this, that is being run by, by committee, it seems. He's not in charge of anything, whereas President Trump was. You've got different fiefdoms, whether it's Department of Transportation or HUD or HHS or or DHS, that are all just making up their own little lies as they go along, like the border is closed and, and the vaccines are this, or, or, or no, no, no gas prices aren't up because uh, OPEC won't cooperate, they're up because the economy's so good, we've got so much money that we're driving more. They want us to believe that, or the supply chain isn't really broken, Laura. It's, people are just really enjoying this great economy. You've got a stark difference between your father-in-law and the guy we have now. Americans are just sent for a whirlwind. Do you agree with the, the way that I just uh, characterized the two the two administrations? One, you had a leader. The other one, you've got a bunch of people running around in their own little fiefdoms?
1: Oh Well, I think you're spot on. And anyone that's spent any time around Donald Trump knows that He is fully in charge of every situation, that he knows what's going on. He actually has an incredible um, ability to multitask, to have a full breadth of knowledge about multiple massive, massive projects at the same time. It's probably why he was so successful in real estate and in in his business life for so long. Um, And then you compare that to Joe Biden, and I think you are spot on. He has no idea what's going on. Anywhere, and you don't have to take our word for it. Look at the way he responded when Peter Ducey from Fox News asked him originally about the reparation payments to illegal immigrants of four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a person, and Joe Biden acted as though Peter Ducey was crazy. He said it was garbage, and then fast forward twenty four hours later, all of a sudden someone said, "Wait a minute, maybe we should fill." the president of the United States and on what we're actually doing with people. He doesn't know anything that is happening within his administration, right. um, within certainly within his cabinet. He has no clue what is going on. And he's up there standing in front of the press. He's got to go down the list of the people they told him he could call on. He doesn't want to get in trouble with people. Give me a break. You're the president of the United States. You get to make the decisions. And that's exactly what happened when Donald Trump was president with Joe Biden, I think you're right. I think it's just small groups of people making up their own rules, deciding how things are going to go. And obviously, these people have no clue about what would be positive for America, because nothing they have done has seemed to be right. Name me one good thing that has happened under the Biden administration. You won't find any. Um, and it's just very concerning, I think, from a, a, a world perspective, because you, you think about the people that probably don't wish us well here in America. And Sadly, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that would like to see America taken down as the superpower of the world. And when they see things like that and they see that Joe Biden really has no idea what's going on in his own administration, he can't answer basic questions. He has to ask permission for things and he's really not in control of anything. That is a really scary position for us to be in as Americans, whether people like Donald Trump or not. I will say this. They knew he had control. They knew that he was always going to do what was right to protect Americans. And he also sent the message to other countries, don't even try it with us because you'll be sorry you
0: did. It's such an important point. Laura Trump is who we're talking with. Go to the right dot com. Go check out her podcast. It's also up on Rumble. That's where I watch it. She's a Fox News contributor, a mom to two and and a great all around person. I told you a long time ago that you could take my job if you wanted to and I begged you not to. Uh, thank you for not jumping into the radio lane because <laughs> I'm still safe for now. But I mean, the podcast is dynamite. You know, one thing that you said is, is so true. As you know, I've talked to your father in law probably 10 times now. And, and most recently, right after we got out of Afghanistan, like a bunch of losers in the in the administration not not our our members of of our military they're not losers they did what they were told to do. But but when we left there, it really highlighted one thing that you just pointed out, that we don't have a guy or a gal or anybody who's in charge. China was on its heels with Donald Trump. He was in charge when it came to Russia. He was in charge when it came to North Korea. He was in charge when it came to Venezuela and OPEC. He said, oh, forget it, we'll be energy independent, we'll be a net exporter. You um, had a guy who wanted to put us first. Laura, why do you think, that? and this is gets into philosophy, I guess, but why do you think the left needs us to be an also ran needs us to be to lower ourselves to to the level of everybody else. Why do we need to have an open border and feel like we should apologize or feel somehow humbled by the fact that we have more, we've worked harder for it? Why is there a sea change a a divide so deep between left and right?
1: Well, I think their goal at the end of the day is to change America, to change who we are as a country. Um, to ultimately make us a socialist country and in order to do that you need to break down everybody you need to divide us up you need to you know we all should always be reminded that we're all Americans at the end of the day that right. we have more uh, alike than we have different and the left and the mainstream media they always are going for the opposite of that they want us divided they ultimately don't want America to be the superpower we've always been because that's part of the new world order. We should just be a homogenous group of countries, no one better than the other, open borders, flow between, no, no, you know, anything other than just people living. I, I don't, I don't understand why because I think it's terrible and I think it goes against everything that we've always done as Americans, but that's their ultimate goal. And the only way they achieve that is by telling us we're a racist country, by telling people that we're a terrible country, by ensuring that our our future generations will not stand up and fight for America like the past generations have. That way they break us down. That way they can change who we are as a society and as a country. Um, and, And it's awful to see, but there are so many of us out there like my family. There are so many patriots out there that love this country, that love the opportunity and the freedom that it provides, that understand that the capitalist system is the best system in the world, that America is one of the few places in the world where it doesn't matter where you start, it doesn't matter who you are, you have the ability to come to this country and if you are willing to work for it, you can achieve anything and there is no limit to your success. They want to do away with that, but I think there are far more of us than there are of them at the end of the day. And I think that they're going to be in a, for a very, very rude awakening Again, come 2022 and 2024.
0: I could not agree more. It's Laura Trump. Thank you so much, Laura, for making some time today to come and hang out for a bit. I really appreciate it and have an incredible meal tomorrow.
1: Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope everyone has an amazing celebration. We deserve it. Get together with people. Don't let them keep you apart. And uh, let's celebrate and, and be thankful for all that we have in this country. Great to be with
0: you. Great to have you. It is uh, Laura Trump. Go to the right dot com and go check out her podcast. Fox News contributor as well. We're going to come right back on the Sean Hannity show. one 800 We're back after this.
2: The Sean Hannity Show, a place where free speech and the First Amendment are still alive and well.
3: Liberalism is a failed ideology.
2: Get your dose of independence and liberty every weekday right here with Sean. Sean Hannity. And Michael Riedel in the morning. 6 till 10 tomorrow on 710W. You missed any of Sean's show today? Catch up tonight on demand at 710WOR.com
0: slash podcast. Glad to have you, Joe Pags, in for Sean Hannity. Many of you in the Sean Hannity audience know that I've been on many times playing my parodies. Last night, I talked to Linda. She said, why don't you do a holiday-themed parody? I said, you know, I could probably do that. And I put this together. I'm going to ruin one of your favorite songs. I call this, I think I call this Brandon Christmas. I think that's what I called it. Gather the kids around the radio. Let's go. Chestnuts cost too much to buy this year, price jumped up much more than twice, yuletide carols will be sung behind masks, can't tell who's naughty and who's nice, beacons cold as ice. Oh, Turkey is out of our range might just make PB&J tiny tots won't see their relatives they can't afford the gas today come on, come on now. they hope that same on his way, he would have lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh, but then steps in the squad with their green deal, calling out reindeer farts you know, they will squeal, and so, offering this simple phrase, you know this downturn ain't end, although it's been said many times, many ways, let's go Brandon, you know how to get let's go Brandon in there, Linda, thank you for uh, allowing me to, to be stupid again on the Sean Hannity Show. I appreciate you. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Listen, we're going to do a quick break here. I've got a big interview coming up. Uh, a, guy who's, uh, a guy's name is Josh Youssef, and he's going to break down what's really happening in Afghanistan. 1-800-941-SEAN. Don't touch that dial. Joe Pag's in for Sean Hannity. Keep it right here.
2: John Batchelor, weeknights 9 till midnight, right after Jesse Kelly on 710WOR. you get the inside story that no one else has and the the behind-the-scenes chatter that the mainstream media doesn't even know about
0: this is the sean hannity show so glad to be in for sean hannity my name joe pagnerulo joe pags 1-800-941 sean the number is as usual go to the website hannity.com really startling to find out that this many days later over 100 days later so many people are still stuck in Afghanistan. And a lot of our allies that helped us out while we were doing our operations in Afghanistan are having a hard time getting out as well. To that end, I brought on Joshua Youssef. He's the CEO at uh, helpthepersecuted.org. Josh, how are you? Good to see you. I'm great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Americans and good people around the globe would be stunned, wouldn't they, Josh, to find out exactly what we're still dealing with there.
3: This has been probably the craziest 80 days of my life, and I can I never would have imagined that we would have been helping uh, people evacuate Afghanistan, and some of whom are American citizens and green card holders, but many of many of the people on our list were, uh, you know, persecuted Christians. Uh, those who uh, the persecution was exacerbated under the Taliban, and so we uh, have helped in the last 80 days helped over a thousand. Uh, Christians evacuate from Afghanistan.
0: The Biden administration told us a long time ago, Josh, that everybody's out. Any any American who wants to get out has either gotten out or is just about to get out. And, and we never really believed that because we were hearing from private people like you and others who were actually going in and, and sneaking people out. We were hearing about people who were blockaded and barricaded from getting into the airport at all how do these people get a hold of you how do you know who's there were you based there i mean uh, take us into what what made helpthepersecuted.org and, and what gave you the ability to help people out who were stuck
3: yeah so we we work primarily amongst the minority christian populations throughout the middle east and north africa and we had a partner reach out to us around the middle of august and said i need your help i need to get Uh, some staff out, and I need to get some Christians out of Afghanistan. And it became this uh, very complicated process of trying to get people uh, past the Marines uh, at Kabul airport onto these charter flights and get them out into into lily pad countries and uh, U.S. bases in Germany and Doha. And it, it proved very challenging. I think, you know, if we have 500 families on our list, we maybe got five out. Uh, Those first two weeks in August, and the the administration, there were a series of mistakes that were made along the way. Uh, One of which was the State Department. When you would go in to fill out your Special Immigration Visa form, what they spat back to you was a blank SIV form. It did not have. It didn't say Joe Pags and your address in Kabul with your your passport identification number. It was just a blank. I, uh, uh, SIV. And so people were printing these off and showing up to the airport with these blank SIV documents. And we don't really, I mean, and, and this is public, right? I mean, the U.S. doesn't know exactly who all came over right. in those first two weeks. And it wasn't until after the smoke settled that we realized that there were many people who had helped the U.S. troops and uh, mm-hmm. interpreters and people who had worked in our bases our, in our embassies. And they they were still there. They were stuck there. They didn't make it out. So there was a series of, of mistakes made at the very beginning, and it, it, we're still feeling those effects even now.
0: It's uh, Josh Youssef. He is the CEO of Help the Persecuted, HTP.org. And I guess you've also got an HTP.org slash Sean, right?
3: Yeah, we got one just for Sean and you.
0: Good. Well, well good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Hopefully people will go there and find out more about what you do. Um, tell me what life is like for a Christian in Afghanistan under the Taliban. And, and the reason I ask is because the Taliban is by the Quran. That's it. We're fundamentalist Muslims. If you're in this country, you're a Muslim. If you're not a Muslim, you're nothing. Is it really as bad as I just made it sound, or is it even worse?
3: I think right now we're probably seeing a slightly softer side to the Taliban, there's a lot of concern that they are holding back, and there's been some comments made by Taliban leaders towards Hazaras, uh, who are a minority Shia population, and other minorities like Christians, where they've said, look, as soon as our commanders give us the go-ahead, you know, we're going to put you in blenders. Those those were the words that they said. Mm. Um, and so that We've felt for a long time that uh, that this is this is kind of a short window that we have. From the middle of August to even now, we felt that this window is very short to get uh, certain people out, including Christians. Uh, the Christian population is not uh, not large there. It's probably pre nine one. It was maybe around five thousand okay. Christians in country. But uh, they are definitely a target uh, under that uh, Sharia understanding of of Islamic law. The Taliban uh, do not look at conversion from to Christianity from Islam uh, favorably.
0: Right.
3: And, and oftentimes, you, you you know, if you don't come
0: back to Islam, you face the sword. It's Josh Youssef, uh, CEO of Help the Persecutor. Go to org slash Sean to find out more about what it is they're doing. Who is life wor- worse for, those who helped us uh, in our operation there for almost 20 years or those who are Christian?
3: Gosh, you know, Joe, that's a great question. Um I think, you know, e- equally they're in uh, a bad situation. Right. But it does seem it did seem at the at the onset that those who uh, supported our troops were uh, were at a greater risk and were were being sought out. And I think what we're going to see later is other minority populations will start to uh, be targeted as well.
0: How do people get a hold of you? How do you have any idea who's there? I know you said that one of your partners got a hold of you, and I don't want to expose anybody, obviously. But for those who are still stuck in country, how do they get a hold of HTP? How do they get a hold of Josh Youssef? I mean, how, how do you know about these people, and do you have a number of who's still stuck there?
3: Well, initially, it was through our partner, and he, you know, he worked. He lived in Afghanistan and Uzbekistan for almost thirty years. Okay. Uh, he had done a lot of work for USAID, the U.S. government had used his uh, organization to build schools and women empowerment programs and agriculture, all kinds of programs over the last 20 years. And so he came to us and then we had uh, Afghan uh, Christian Council, Afghan Bible College. We had missionaries calling us and then they were coming from the state saying, hey, somebody, I'm getting WhatsApp messages and I need to get this person out. Right. So our list went from 150 to almost 2000, You know, within a couple of weeks. And so that's when our team started kind of turnstiling these people out uh, of a, a city, not Kabul, but another city. We started turnstiling these people out into what we call lily pad countries. And, and, and there are other NGOs like us. I mean, not, none of us have done this before. And so we've all had to kind of come together and work together. Uh, former Ambassador Sam Brownback was very helpful in this regard. He's from the, the previous administration, and he organized us and st- stuck with it, trying to keep us all coordinated. And uh, so it was a lot of a lot of previous administration people and NGOs just rolling up their sleeves and trying to do what we knew was the best course of action.
0: He's the CEO of Help the Persecutor. Go to htp.org slash Sean. It's uh, Josh Youssef. Um, I would think the administration – would want to help i would think that they would give you any resources you need uh, they, they would say listen we got out of, out of afghanistan and we stand by our decision we did it for this that and the other reason and whatever and it, but at the same time we're going to work as hard as we can to help our allies those who assisted us for so long and certainly american citizens um in getting out they don't appear to be helping anybody are they may, maybe they, maybe they're doing a quiet i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt until you tell me the answer maybe quietly they're helping you are they
3: Joe, we our whole team has wrestled with this question. We don't understand why how you can turn your back on people who have helped us. How you can turn your back on on these these people. I mean, you think about what's happened to women in Afghanistan in the last 20 years. S- some of these women, these younger women, they don't remember the pre-9/11 days of right. Taliban rule. And so, you know, to see them just sort of vacate this and create this huge vacuum is is really left us scratching our heads, but I will say it does appear that um, they're being driven primarily by optics. They want to. They want the story to go away. This is not a story that they want to see on the news every night, and I think that is driving some of it. Uh, I think some of it is also being driven by just the fact that um, we're a, a large bureaucratic government, and getting things done is very very challenging. We go into countries really well, <laughs> we, we, you know, but we don't we don't leave countries well. And, uh, I think that's, that's contributing to some of this.
0: Now, I'm with you, but this is categorically stupid. Think about it, Josh. All right, we're worried about the optics. And I'm going I'm to opine here a second. You don't have to agree or disagree if you don't want to. But think about the optics. We got out way too soon. We took the military out. We screwed it up. We gave up Bagram. We did all this stuff. And it was a real mess. But they're still trying to spin it that, well, we had to get out and we can't do endless wars and so on. All right, let's say that's true. We know there are people stuck there. People like you are not going to lie about it. You're actually putting your life in a, a, at risk to go and help these people out. Wouldn't it be a better optic for Biden to walk out or Saki to walk out and say, hey, we still have Americans over there. We've got people who helped us out over there. We're going to go over there and we're going to get them out. We're going to assist people like Josh Youssef uh, with with, uh, helpthepersecuted.org. We're going to help them because this is the right thing to do. Wouldn't the American people stand up and cheer more for that?
3: I would would have thought so. I would absolutely think that people would cheer for that. Um, Look, there's a lot about this administration I don't understand and this is definitely one of them um you know we 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 believe that there's an ideology here that is um, that is that is unhelpful right and one of which i'm gonna tell you an interesting thing that happened when we were trying to get our first flight out to a lily pad country we were told by one of our handlers that uh if we really wanted to get the state department's attention and allow the state department to, to bring, to allow this lily pad country to serve as a lily pad country that we should put more LGBTQ people on our manifest. Stop it. I'm not kidding. He was dead serious. And then later, later we heard similar conversations, similar comments from people in the state department who have uh, taken a leave of absence or have taken a step back to help NGOs. Uh, and, and they're, they're seeing things inside that they're saying, okay, this is not helpful uh, this is this is, you know, we, we've got to do something more substantial than just, you know, trying to trying to help, you know, this small sliver of the population yeah. in Afghanistan. That's, you know, that, that's never going to go public.
0: It doesn't make any sense to worry about social justice or being woke at this point. You've got to help people or else they might die. And, and that's that's really just the bottom line it's a non-profit they're doing a great job it's called help the persecuted it's http.org slash sean to find out more about josh Youssef and his great organization josh thanks a million for doing this let's do it again okay
3: thanks joe great happy thanksgiving
0: happy thanksgiving we're back after this in the sean hannity show stay right here
2: Expose how the government wastes your money each and every day this is the sean hannity show
0: glad to have you thanks a lot for stopping by it is the sean hannity show my name is joe pags and for sean one 800 one 800 want to find me at joe talk show on twitter on facebook on instagram go and check those out go to the website joepags.com time for a couple of phone calls here i appreciate you taking the time let's go to texas where i am and, and sam sam what's happening hi
2: and I you. loved your parody. That was uh, tremendous. I think Sean needs to use that through the rest of the holidays.
0: And, I can, listen, the I can't disagree with you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> be, be, being myself, I, I cannot disagree with you. So I, I think that's a good idea. I appreciate that. I Sam, thanks for the phone idea. call. Yeah, yeah uh, uh, for some reason I can't hang up, so maybe you can do that for me. Thank you, John. Uh, uh, yeah, I appreciate you, Jason. Thank you. Let me go back at it. Say hello and welcome to uh, line two. Is going to be Chris in South Carolina. Chris, what's going on? Hi.
2: Hey, Joe. How are you? Uh, appreciate what you do every day on the air, man. Enjoy listening to you. I uh, just Thank you. wanted to call in real quickly and uh, give you a, a firsthand view. I've heard it said several times that the, the supply chain is broken down, and, and not to be rude, but that's actually incorrect. I'm a truck driver, and for many years, I've been uh, carrying the containers from the port of Charleston to within the state of South Carolina to a lot of the big box stores and drop okay. the containers off. Well, last year when the or last year or so, whenever this pandemic started, uh, as you know, our good President Trump, uh, we as truck drivers, we are limited on a on a clock, uh, limiting the number of hours that we can run each day and every week, which is seventy hours a week in an eight day right. week or in, in eight days. And President Trump, you know, making sure that the supply chain did not break down like a true president would have done, he actually suspended our clocks. Well, uh, this time or this go-around uh, with the clown that we have in office now, um, they the federal government sent out a memo uh, about two or three weeks ago. Normally I could carry locally within the state, Joe, I could carry three – Containers a day. I could make three trips to the port and drop off three containers of supplies and stock to the different stores. Well, about three weeks ago, the federal government alerted us that they would be limiting our uh, trips or shipments uh, to one a day. Now, the the port in Charleston is backed up just like the ports in California, and but they're not allowing them to get it to get this out. They are perpetrating this supply chain shortage on the country. It's not actually happening like that. If they would allow us the hours and to actually make the normal amount of trips every day like we would, uh, we could get, you know, stock to the shelves. Chris,
0: I love you like a brother. I got to run, my man. I got to get you your own talk show. That was awesome. I appreciate you. Uh, Yeah, the supply chain is broken down, but I I agree with you. The government's doing it uh, for some reason on purpose, maybe for political gain to fix it right before the midterms. I don't know. Very interesting. 1-800-941-7326. Go to JoePags.com to find out more about me. I'm in for uh, for, uh, Sean Hannity. My name is Joe Pags. We're back after this.